Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio with Nancy and Lisa. You know, every second is every second Wednesday, I can get it right. We do our writers and authors show with Books Forward. Uh, we love Books Forward. We've been working with them for absolutely, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Um, so I encourage time. you to go to booksforward.com if you love books and you are a writer. Um, but today we're excited to welcome award-winning family lawyer, writer, and author, Margaret Claw. And she's joining us to talk about her debut women's fiction novel. It's called Every Other Weekend. We can't beat mm -hmm. that title. I think we all know what that means. And yeah. uh, it releases May 23rd through She Writes Press. We love them too. And I encourage you to go to her website, margaretclaw.com. And that's K-L-A-W, like Margaret K. Law, right? So yeah. she's a lawyer. Welcome, <laughs> Margaret. How are you? <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm great. It's good. good to have you. I, your last name is perfect, right? Yeah, I, there's Having a lot of jokes about that, as you can imagine. I, yeah, I bet, I bet. But you've you've written a nonfiction book first, and you've also yeah. written for Numla, like all kinds of publications and Huffington Post. And um, but your first one really started going into oh prenups and all that wonderful stuff mm -hmm. that nobody wants to think about when they're in the emotional throes of joy. And we're gonna you know live happily ever after. Um, and then you decide, oh, I'm gonna write a novel. So Tell us a little bit about that. What sparked the idea of writing a novel? And Nancy's reading it, and so mm -hmm. Nancy, is, don't you spill the beans? <laughs> I, I'll try not to. Try um, hard. Well, I the first book I wrote, Keeping It Civil, it came out of a blog I did where I was blogging about sort of a day in the life of a family lawyer, like vignettes, things that happen in the mm -hmm. courtroom, interesting cases. Mm -hmm you know, discussions with a backroom discussions with a judge, like these little scenes that I just thought were really interesting. And that got some traction, that blog. And then I ended up getting a book contract to do a book based on it. And when I was working with my editor for that book, Keeping It Civil, um, she wanted to have a one story that like flowed through the the individual vignettes to tie it together to make it more mm -hmm. like a book other than just a collection of essays. And so what I did was I wrote a fictionalized so that the vignettes were all, um, mm -hmm. you know, not fiction and I changed identities to protect confidentiality, but they were actual things that happened. But I did a fictionalized version of a custody trial and I kind of, it started sort of at the beginning of the book and then I wove chapters in. So it kept, you reading the book, you know, because it was a plot driven thing. And that when I finished that book and all the PR stuff afterwards, and I was, you know, trying to figure out, well, do I want to write another book? Um, I forever covered. Um, I thought, you know, the thing I liked the most with writing the first book was this fictionalized mm. trial, because you get to just make it up. Like, mm -hmm. it's so fun to just take your experience to make something authentic, but then just make it up, you know? So mm -hmm. I thought, so that was a good idea. And then I had the really kind of un, um, <laughs> naive idea that I could just write a novel because I it wrote, 
I've never done, I never written any fiction. Like I, I, mm -hmm. I don't know why I thought I could write a novel. So I started, I had an idea and I started and of telling this story in the round from multiple perspectives in one community where everybody's lives overlap, a story of a divorce and custody case. And I, you know, write what you know, this is exactly, I'm writing about the community I live in, you know, very thinly disguised. And I, I'm writing about things I know very well, divorce and custody and courtroom drama and stuff. Um, but I had no idea how to actually write a novel. I wrote like 40 mm. pages and then I, I didn't know what to do. So mm. I had to get a lot of help um, to do it. Uh, many people helped me, but, but the impetus was that I, I realized how much fun it was from this experience with the first book to just go inside your head and let it just come out. Let it be. Yes. I just really, uh, really enjoy that process. That's do, awesome. Do you like go into the market, the supermarket and see somebody and go, Oh, I bet you beat your wife. Oh, nice, Nancy. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Look at certain yes. people and go, oh, you look kind of angry. Or I do sometimes. But the thing um, that happens to be more commonly, which is kind of what every other weekend is, you know, based on uh, or incorporates is I don't go to, let's, for example, the local food co-op in my neighborhood. I stopped going for a while. I made my husband do all the shopping because I would always, not just that I would run into clients, but I would run into their spouses oh. in like, you know, the asparagus. Uh -oh. And then I'm like, you know, uh -oh. so that's more yeah. common experience for me in living in a neighborhood where I've represented a lot of, you know, I, people I know refer me. So a lot of people I know then live in my neighborhood. So I end up with all these clients that live near me and some of them become friends and um you know oh wow a lot of again what's in the book the lawyer and the judge and the couple that are getting divorced are all in the same neighborhood and everybody mm -hmm. keeps running into each other and everybody's talking about everybody else yeah so this yeah. is again I, I really stuck with what I know for I think which I think for a first mm. novel is the right you know that was the right mm. call because the, there's nothing territory mm. is familiar to me that I was writing about mm. Well, oh, you, you're really also realistic. It's very realistic. Mm. Which is good. I mean, because I think like we were saying right before we pushed the record button that everyone is familiar with divorce. It's connected to just mm -hmm. about everyone's story, right. life story. But um, with you having a practice that's all female, um, it's kind of interesting because there wasn't that much representation for women way back when, like, and not that way back when you've got to think even like 50 years ago, it was really hard yeah. for women to get a divorce. And still, oh, yeah. even today, it can be mm -hmm. really tough, depending on situations of them getting out even I mean, there's women had just have to, like, start their entire lives over depending, right? Yes. Often, yes. I mean, I think, you know, there's issues of domestic violence. There's also issues which obviously make it hard to leave a marriage, but there's also issues of financial dependence, which, mm -hmm. you know, is a subject I'm kind of obsessed with women being able to support themselves. I, I think, you know, women who, it's one thing if you don't have the ability to because of, you know, lack of education and training and so forth, but there are a lot of women who work and could, you know, have a career and get married and then when they have children, they stop working fine yep. for a little while, but you know, then they just, they're out of the job market. It's five years, it's eight years, it's 12 years, it's 15 years. 
And then those women are really dependent. And if the husband in that marriage wants to get divorced, they're terrified. They can't, they can't evaluate what, well, what's the relationship like? Would it be good to be divorced? Because they're scared. And mm. I mean, you know, like people get life insurance when they're married, like people need right. divorce insurance is way more important. Your, you know, your 40 something year old spouse is way more likely to die. I mean, to you're more likely to get divorced than for he is to die. You, I feel like you should be able to put food on the table for your kids. Like I really, I am a proponent right. of women being able to work, you know, not leaving the workforce in, and putting themselves in a position of total dependence because things happen happens. And so that's a, a personal barrier to, you know, kind of self autonomy. Is there, is there divorce insurance? No, I'm, I'm Prenup. kidding. I'm saying, Prenup. I'm, Prenup. I'm saying yeah. having a job. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. I'm all like, it's divorce insurance. That's what I mean. Divorce yeah. insurance sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, because it it's, sounds well, like I think, idea. but I think women should always have their own bank account and should always have something on the side, even if you're raising kids and, and maybe the stay at home mom, right? You should still have something on the side that you can manage and control yourself. Mm. And, you know, I think it's interesting with your book too. You've got Lisa and Jake and Lisa, Lisa, files divorce on him and mm -hmm. i've been in relationships where the guys are like oh i didn't know it was you were going to break up with me and i'm like i've been telling you like for how long if you keep doing this this is pushing me away yeah. and we're we're you know there's always that big like it just happened out of nowhere no it didn't <laughs> well so that's the interesting thing about you know telling a story from different perspectives because mm -hmm. jake the husband slash father in this novel mm -hmm is clueless about problems in his marriage. He thinks everything's great. And he's like hit by a truck. Yeah. And so it's interesting, you know, as you go through the book, you understand more of the different, there are different perspectives, but they they don't have the same narrative about their marriage. And I don't, you know, I really don't think that there is like one truth about things like that. Like it's not, it's okay that they disagree about the meaning mm -hmm. of things that happened in the past. Like there's facts about you did this or you did that on a certain date, but the the context, the way they interpret that, you know, those are their own oh. truths. And I think that is relationships are like that. And it's it's mm -hmm. oversimplifying to kind of think this person's the bad guy. I mean, in some instances, there is a bad guy for sure. Yeah, but right. it's, yeah. in something like this, you know, it's that's that's the territory I wanted to dive into. Like, it's complicated. So mm -hmm. people tell themselves stories, you know, to make to make sense of experience. And you know, yeah. it's okay if they're two versions. We, we live a lot longer than people used to live. So marriages now are expected to, to last a lot longer. Good point. And people change. I mean, you right. have to change. The longer you live, the more you're going to experience different things that change. So the expectation of staying with one person forever, which used to be maybe 10 years, is now 50 years. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, I yeah. mean, that's a long time. Think about it. It's a long, long time that you're. Well, expecting. you're married. How do you feel about it? <laughs> well, 
love. It, I mean, it's, it's a long time you're expected to stay married to the same person. And I don't know that people are up for it all the time. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a lot harder. Well, you know what? The people what, that, well, I think it's, what it it's, used to be. Well, like but I think, yeah. About 10, well, 15 years max. And then, and then bye-bye to both of you or whatever. But now it's like 50 something years plus. That's a long time. It's yes. half a century. But I think you have a fighting chance if it's you're there. your own person. And I think that has been a change in who we are as human beings and, and women, especially being their mm -hmm. own individual person. And it's very difficult if you don't have a partner who's not that. The Khalil Gibran always talks about you have a relationship with yourself. Your mm -hmm. partner has a relationship with themselves, and then you have a relationship together that's separate. Together. It's mm -hmm. not everybody owns everything about you. And I think that's where yeah. it gets hard if you are running your relationship on pure emotion. And I can imagine we were actually talking about you in an interview we were recording mm -hmm. earlier. Just, it was about Earth Day and consciousness. We were talking about this. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking to a divorce attorney about her book. And, you know, I wonder mm -hmm. about how many people get married. And, you know, you get emotion. You have this emotional love and, and commitment mm -hmm. and everything then life mm -hmm. starts to really unfold, you know, kids, careers, mm -hmm. all these things. And the busyness starts to just pile up and pile up and pile up. And one day someone wakes up and says, oh, screw this. I'm out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's a consciousness that can fade away. Do but, you see that a lot for what you do in your practice? And then just in, in writing the story about people not being as conscious of what's going on. I mean, I, I think there's so many reasons that people get divorced. It's really hard to, yeah. yeah, but I would say that a lot of the clients that I represented and we represent in my firm, most people try really hard to make it work. I, I don't mm -hmm. think people mm -hmm. take it lightly. I mean, okay. it's, it's cool. like that's kind of a, a myth, not that you were saying that, but the, the people, the idea that, oh, just, you know, people just give up and walk out. I mean, so many marriages are affected by, um, you know, addictions, mental health issues. That's mm -hmm. a huge, I mean, it's, it's not about affairs. Like that's like a minor thing. Oh, wow. Break up in mm -hmm. my experience. Mm -hmm. You know, most marriages seem to me like they weather, they can weather an affair and not, a, a, not a relationship that, you know, someone falls in love with someone else and doesn't want to, that's different. But I mean, it, some infidelity, like I see marriages falling apart for like some, you know, long standing trying to deal with being married to an alcoholic, you know, someone who mm -hmm. has other like mental illness, um, you know, mm -hmm. We see so Big many things. addictions, porn addictions, wow. addictions, wow. Um, like those things are, and people try and they go to counseling and they go to counseling again. And I mean, I, I think, I think most people want to be married. And then a lot of, you know, the reason I do so many prenups is because I've been practicing so long and all my clients who get divorced, wow. guess what? They get married again. Well, this time they get a prenup, but um, they want to get, people want to mm -hmm. get married. I mean, it's, America, they want to feel they, people want to be loved. Well, they, want to be loved and they also, 
I think in this country, we value marriage more like the, the marriage rate, like in Europe is much lower, like not that people are living together in you know, committed relationships, but there's, there's a higher rate of marriage in this, like in the US, I think it's more um, just more- We're herd animals. Believe in it. We're yeah. herd animals. We wanna be together with a tribe. We're herd animals. We're not loners. There are loners and they go off and do weird stuff on their own. <laughs> well, they do. Um, there's loners, but most, we're a herd animal. Mm. And, and and that always brings drama because not everybody agrees over everything. And if you think how fast information is coming to us, how many different opinions, how many different things that now it's not just in the place you live, it's your county, it's your state, it's it's the country. And now with the internet, it's the entire world. Mm. There's so much that I can see where people get totally mesmerized by it, confused by it. And, and people who follow different people for weird reasons, they get caught up in stuff. And later they must sit back and go, what the heck was I thinking? Mm. You know, what was mm. I thinking? You know, so I think it's a very confusing, fast paced world today. Sure. Not like when, like, you know, a hundred years before, where you woke up and you had one or two things you had to do as a woman, you swept the hut and as a husband, you went out and got the food. It's not like that. I think women had more to do too on top of that. But well, yeah, I know, but yeah, but I think it's gone so fast. Mm -hmm. And so crazy that I don't know if we are psychologically, emotionally, mentally keeping up. Mm -hmm. Are we well, able to really do that? Feeling of not being able to keep up. I think a lot of people have that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of so. what I think is like sometimes you go, oh, and, and then you have to regroup. But tell us a little bit about your two characters, Jake and Lisa and the I dog. Know, there's, I want to know about the fun. dog. <laughs> I love the dog. Well, listen, the dogs are always part of it, man. You know, I know, but I just like his name. That, well, listen, <laughs> but they're, they're part of the family, like seriously, you know. Well, and and in thinking about this family, which you know everybody everybody gets the reference of every other weekend. Um, yeah, but it, it's a custody arrangement, right? But um, after this, these Jake and Lisa. The couples separate they their kids are they have they're doing alternating weeks with their daughters mm -hmm. who are 12 and 8 and um and I write the book from everyone's perspective so you hear from the daughters and I I just as mm -hmm. an aside I have to tell you that writing from the perspective of a 12 year old girl was one of my Ooh. favorite things to do because I have daughters I know 12 year old yeah. girls and I just loved writing her like sort of scorn for her parents you know like yeah because yeah, they're, they're so smart <laughs> at 12. um but the dog is you know a, it's a device but hmm. the, the thing is the dog goes back and forth with the kids and that's a again divorced people who have custody arrangements and a dog will recognize that this is a very common situation often the hmm. dog is they people love the dog like a kid so they share the dog just like they share the kids Mm -hmm. And that, and the dog becomes, you know, the the character who sees everything in both households. And in this book, there's I a lot of it. about what happens in the other household. So um, initially, I had 
more chapter. I had quite a few chapters in the voice of the dog and that ended up getting changed with an, the editor I worked with um, to kind of to really move that voice to the voice of the younger daughter, which I actually mm. I think better, but you do hear from him in the book and, and everybody mm. loves Pinky the dog. And he's, mm. sort of, he's sort of a consolation to the kids. And, you know, he's the, he's the, the rock. He is. Yeah. He's the one I'm still here. I'm going to curl up and sleep next to you. Right. No matter what is going on with the rest of that, I'm right, right. here. Right. And, oh, and I think that's, that's very and, I think that's very realistic. And well, I had cases where yeah. people were fought over when they don't have kids. So there's not going to be constant contact with them after their divorce, but they have a dog or two dogs mm. where there was a huge issue over like custody. I mean, there isn't any, at least in my state, there's no legal custody of animals. It's not part of the, their, their property. So, right. Know, but uh, but, they're but human. speaking but from I'm... the perspective of these the lo the loving dog owners, you know, it's a it, I have had cases where there's a huge conflict over where the who is going to get the dog. Like, well, it was my dog before he got married, so I get to keep the dog, and then the other one has like visitation with the dog, and and I, you know, you can sort of laugh at that, but anybody that loves animals and has lived with them gets it, you know. Yeah, yeah, because it, you're connected and and everybody has a relation, a different relationship with the animal. You know what I mean? Right. And then some people get spiteful instead of it and using like now it's property is how do you get past that vindictiveness, too? Because yeah. divorce can get crazy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's like the War of the Roses, man. Like people's. Well, here's what I'll say about that, though, is that. During the time that I've been practicing, there's been a huge change in sort of the culture of divorce. And mm. I think that that's driven by the increasing popularity of joint custody. I mean, when I first started practicing, very few fathers had even half-time custody. There wasn't really, it wasn't really a thing. And that the mm. every other weekend dad was kind of like the standard custody arrangements. And women who thought that they're you know, the dads might like sue them for custody were like completely freaked out by that. And it was like, a. but now I would say people who are, you know, in their forties, late thirties, they have kids, they're getting divorced with kids. Um, they assume that they're going to share custody equally. That is like, oh, that's nice. Literally a part of the culture. And what that means mm. is you have to have an ongoing relationship Mm. with your ex-spouse because if if your kids are just going there every other weekend and they're going to eat pizza and stay up late you don't care but if the kids are going to be you know if you have to have a consistency between the households to a certain degree and you have mm -hmm. to coordinate all this stuff together you can't really afford to burn your bridges you know and right. i think i i think that the reason that there's a lot more use of like mediation and non-traditional a rejection of litigation, thank God for resolving divorce issues, you know, or people who are separating or divorcing. I think a lot of that is driven by this situation that people with kids anyway, are not just going to walk away from the other person and not have to deal with them again. They're going to mm -hmm. have to deal with them. And so mm -hmm. it's in everybody's interest to not to have the war of the roses and to have a working relationship. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't love the other person anymore, even like them anymore, mm -hmm. you know, deal with it well so it's I also with friends really change. Um, even with they, friends I think friends you still have to you know especially in a neighborhood you don't want to like you know if it's an amicable 
amicable divorce and people are not abusive it's that, that yeah, there, i think right. there, it changes when abuse comes in then you yes, right. your kids different. that that's a different that's yeah that's different. a different thing but when mm-hmm. you're all you know a lot of times people try to stay in the same neighborhood it makes it easier mm-hmm. yes. but then you're still like what you're talking about with your novel every other weekend just here you are in like the hub of gossip people know mm-hmm. but you're still it, i mean i just even know from breakups as teens like oh you broke up with so-and-so and and then are you allowed to be at the same party you know can you know all of that stuff happens and it doesn't really the the awkwardness yeah the awkward and then it's like oh he's dating oh she's dating now what like the Mm -hmm. dating part who steps on first it's almost like a race or not and it, it depends on kids right so it's just kind of a weird thing when it happens Oh, and things go. start to become very real amongst people that, oh, mm-hmm. now, I mean, are you able to go to the same parties at your friend, the dinner parties? Maybe you had traditions with friends like movie night every, you know, fourth weekend or something. And then suddenly, well, do I get to go now? No. Yes. Right. No. So that kind I of think thing. That's is a big you- issue for people divorcing. Like who gets what friend? I mean, I do think that's, yeah, that still happens, but and there's still horrible, hostile divorces. I'm not trying to be like Pollyanna-ish, like yeah, uh, no, about no. this. But I'm just saying that with sort of the, you know, people who have like school age kids, that, that demographic that we represent in yeah. my practice and work with, they are divorcing in a very different way. I think than my clients 20 years ago. I wow. mean, they they're a lot more like the just more DIY divorce. I think people are used to looking things up on the internet. And figuring out how to do stuff themselves and people that age are more likely to want to use a lawyer as a consultant, not to speak Mm. for them, not to go back and forth with opposing counsel, but like, let me, Mm. you know, like a coach. So like, I'll meet with someone, I'll talk to them about what makes sense, what the law is, what they might do about Mm. the assets and everything. And then they might say, okay, well, I'm going to talk to whatever the spouse is. And um, could you help me like, Right, write up what we're talking about so I can show it to her or, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm in, the, I'm acting, I'm calling it as a coach and we, you know, we provide mm-hmm. those kind of services. We also are, act as mediators in my firm. We, so we can do mediation where you're not representing either mm-hmm. person in that, but, but you can also work with someone without like the specter of litigation because in helping them come to a resolution and that it's better. It's so much better. It's much better. But I do think it's cultural. I think there's a change in expectation. Uh Also, a lot of those people who are in their 30s and 40s now, you know, their parents might have had like horrible divorces. I mean, there were a lot of, was a a huge wave of divorce in the 70s because the divorce laws came into effect, like boom, 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 state by state. And all these people were able to get divorced. And there's a lot of adult children of divorce who are like, not my parents' divorce. I am not going to do it that way. You know, it messed me up and I want a different thing from my family. And, you know. That's cool. I mean, then we're growing and learning. Yeah. And and it has changed and it changes quickly. And I mean, we know so many people and we've heard so many stories and you know, I love your book because it, it, it's you. You're you're nonpartisan in a way. You're not taking sides. You're presenting both sides plus the dog. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're presenting different scenarios. It really makes you stop and think. 
oh, well, if that were me, would I act that way? Whether it's a male or female, would if that were me, would I react that way? What's a sensible reaction? What's just the reaction? Mm. And did somebody think it through before they sort of mouthed off or took action? And so I always look at them like, okay, so you took action before you thought it through. Then you had to regret it and then decide whether or not to apologize. And the other side is totally, I ain't talking to you. Mm -hmm. You're done. You know, and so it's like all this drama, human created drama over reactionary reactions. Like, and I'm starting not... to think, are you a therapist or a lawyer? <laughs> No, well, how, no, but how I close do they the go? Same. Definitely not a therapist. That's a... <laughs> but I think it's the same thing in a way because yeah. you got to calm it down, like calm down people and let's make sense of it so that we can either not get divorced or get divorced in the kindest, most responsible mm -hmm. way possible. Well, let me but, say something interesting about that, that the role okay. of the lawyer is very prescribed and you are an agent for your client. They are the principal, you are the agent. So mm. if I have a client that does not want to calm it down, I have to either do what they want me to do or fire the client. Like, which, you oh. know, occasionally I would do because I've said, I'm not going to do mm. that. But if I have a client that says like, I don't want to talk to him directly. I want everything to go through the lawyers. I want as much money as I can possibly get and as much time with the kids. Take him, oh take him to the cleaners. Oh my gosh. Get him. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I can't say, well, I don't want to do that. That's not a good, I can say, you know, I think a more realistic way to approach this is just going to be better for everybody in the long run is this. But ultimately, that's what, that's the main difference between a lawyer and a therapist. Like, I'm not, you're hired to do, to do what they X, want. Y, Z. I have a skill right, set right. they're hiring and I know how to right. litigate and I know how to do the thing. So, um, yeah. But that's, but that's, it's, it's interesting because, and sometimes that person does need to be taken down the road of, you know, payback, you know, sometimes, that's, and sometimes they're, it's you know, really they're abusive. Justice, you know, criminal cases going on. I mean, they're, yeah, you know, exactly. There's stuff you right. never know. Like, mm. that's the interesting thing. People go, Oh, this is the mayor, or this is the priest of the town. Like this is the, and I go, I already don't like. Not the priest. <laughs> no, the you know, no. I mean, there's been. Oh, don't start me. But <laughs> the, 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 but you know what I mean. There's always the. Oh, this is the 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 leader figure of of a community, and that would never do any wrong. And I go, I can almost guarantee you something is. <laughs> you never know because you never really know. And then when human. that's, but yeah, everyone's human. Everybody, I mean, no one is perfect, right? And everything is sure. complex with humans. And so with you, what you're mm -hmm. doing, and I love that, okay, she's the one getting a divorce. And that's, you know, we were kind of talking in the beginning because, mm -hmm. you know, a woman now being the one going, hey, I want a divorce. It used to be the woman going, maybe getting the divorce because of something abusive, but hey, this is not working. And then now we're seeing guys going after alimony for the women. I mean, this is, From we're seeing a lot of yeah. that stuff too, right? Is like, yeah. who's paying alimony or like, hey, no, uh, so-and-so is making so much money. They need to, you know, start sure. paying me. Because it used to be women were always after, you know, 
mm. the money part, but we're seeing that role reverse a little bit, maybe more right. in celebrity, high end, um, you know. Well, the, law, the way the law is written about economic things, it's it's gender neutral. It's just, you know, because women Whoever makes, you know, were not working or earning so much less that there was money coming their way in a divorce. But yeah, if you now there's a lot of women who make a lot more money than their husbands and the women do pay alimony. And I, I will yeah. tell you that in general, my experience is they're they're way more resentful about that than men are about having to pay alimony. I think it's, I think it's cultural. I think men kind of know, like a lot of men pay alimony, but women who, you know, women executives, you know, give us mm -hmm. someone who makes, you know, $300,000 a year and are a stay home dad, um, mm. or a, a dad who has, you know, makes, is an artist, you know, mm. has a non, a, a career that doesn't pay a lot, you know, money is going to be transferred to him in a divorce and one way or another. And, you know, I, I have, I, I do think that's a, women are not adjusted to that idea yet. No, I, yeah. I totally agree because of so many years of being paid less, exactly. even if you still the same job as I, <laughs> and still, and I think they feel, to be fair to men, I think they, they, I mean, you know, this is a gross generalization, but a lot of them in that position, they're more resentful. I, I just think it's because it's our cultural expectations of a guy who didn't take it, who, who they have been supporting. Yeah. I mean, oh, I don't, okay. A lot of men are not resentful about the fact that they're, they're married to someone who stayed home and took care of the kids. It's really hard when work part time mm -hmm. and took care of the kids. Well, but it's a lot really of hard when the they guy just like they took yeah. care of everything and made all the money. So that's yeah, really yeah. Hard. See, that's hard. That's oh, really hard. It's it's such a role reversal. Like, okay, the yeah. woman goes out, she's the executive, she brings in more money than the guy. He's doing everything at home. And then okay, when they get divorced, he gets money from her and she's resentful of it. Yeah. Because she's female. And because of that, the mindset is well, you should have been the one out there working in the first place. Yeah, see, just if gonna go base, oh man, if you're gonna go, no, if you're gonna go base, the thought pattern. So glad I'm single. <laughs> I know that was you should have been the one making big bucks in the first place, but somehow it landed on my shoulders. See, but this, this, this well, is stuff or, that I, oh. or if, well, no, I, mean, I don't I know, know that it's that though, Nancy. But, I think it's mm. more like. Yes, I have this great career. I'm really proud of it. I'm really happy about it. You should have had one too. Not, I yeah. wish I was staying home and you were working. I mean, I think, you know, if you're talking about yeah. executives, yeah. women lawyers, women doctors, women accomplished, yeah. women proud of what they do. They, and they, exactly. they might feel Absolutely. like they twice as hard to get where they're got. Yeah. But I think it's more like I could take care of myself. You should be able to take care of yourself. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I think that is something. That that's true. It, that's this this well who's the shift that we're having. And now, but now look, look, we also finally have same-sex marriages. And then some of those yeah. marriages are going through divorce. And it's like, no, you're not allowed. We just finally got this all safe for you guys to get divorced. Oh, yeah. You're not allowed to divorce. And yet, sorry, but human beings are going to sure. do what human beings need yeah. to do, yeah. you know. So that's you know, and that blows the whole cultural thing out of whack. That, and it's and I'm I'm personally glad for that because I think everyone should be able to times do and change. How it yes. be to the people, you know? That's that's how times I feel. Of change. But it, it is, and then at the same time, no matter what, no matter you know who, what, and where, 
it's still that keeping up appearances. And I think that's what's got to be so hard. I mean, even going to court. I mean, oh gosh. I mean, I still look at I, I'm sorry, but the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing, that was like a crazy, I wish I, I wish we knew you then, because we were all watching that going, what the hell, man? Why are we even watching this? Like, why is this televised, right? Yeah, Nancy yeah. said it was a big well, PR stunt, but, you know. I well, I yeah. did. I yeah. thought it was to this start big, with, and then I thought, well, maybe it isn't, but now I, I still haven't made up my mind fully, but it was intriguing in that they would put themselves that far out there to actually let it be televised. Yeah, how far Why did they do that? Yeah. Why did, there's like yeah. exhibitionists. I mean, they, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Why would you do that? Who would do that? I, yeah, yeah exactly. but in a normal community, in a regular community, non-celebrity yes. community, right? Yeah. You still have the celebrity of a community and in, in whether it's finance, leadership, there's always the celebrity, right? There's always yes. that person or people. So in Jake and Lisa's relationship, having to split up and of course, if him, he's being, a, he's a musician, right oh you know just uh -oh, there you typical go. musicians right we all get nailed but um <laughs> but, yeah but i mean that's a it's kind of a interesting shift and in, in dynamic in that and then the what happens okay now he's shattered and then you know she wants to move on right so there's a difference here of how do you right. what what are that time period of um keeping up appearances when hell's going in the handbasket pretty fast right so yeah. that's something that i think is interesting about what you've written and from what nancy's been telling me she's like Dude, you're not going to believe this and i'm like i do but this is cool <laughs> you know but well, isn't that know, kind of true for people yeah i mean i and i try to not make the it it's not an extreme situation it's a very it's more like just very common situation but Which i did cool. very consciously put in a subplot about polyamory because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are not familiar with that. Um, I am because I hear about it a lot and um, from clients. Really? Yep. And it's not that uncommon. And I like, I like having a polyamorous character and having mm. people talk about polyamory because it's, it's another way of organizing intimate relationships. And I think it's interesting mm. and for people who you know are only thinking about traditional marriages, to think about people, oh who, boy. And polyamorous character is married, and she and her husband are polyamorous, and so I I just felt like that gave it more depth because it, it happens. You know, I don't want to talk about the plot too much in that, but it it, it yeah. definitely is something that um, challenges assumptions, and it is I, hard I, for someone to adjust to who who doesn't makes you know hasn't made a conscious choice to do that but maybe like someone who is polyamorous um so I, I yeah that's why I put that in there because it's I, it's a it's a it's not a new thing but I think it's no. relatively new that it's more out in the open and people really yeah right yeah people are getting more accepting of what people do yes exactly I, to, I, I mean we have swingers in the, the 70s I, I how many divorces yeah. sorry how many divorces just, came out of the 70s because of swinging culture like everybody put their keys at, yeah, but that was like you had affairs <laughs> but you kept going home or you right. got divorced <laughs> and you had more affairs, and you didn't tell I, yeah. I just wanted to to tell you this my dad had three wives at the same time and i only found out about it after 
his death and my mom's death. When I got papers and stuff, then I found out that he was married to three women at the same time. And so that so was kind of a real, yeah. That's yeah, that was I that yeah, it was an eye opener. But then, because I am who I am, I met one of the other wives mm-hmm. at the IHOP in Yuma. <laughs> and she walked in and took one look at me and she goes, Oh, you're his daughter. Because we all kind of looked the same. It mm-hmm. was bizarre. That and I'm still bizarre. wrapping my head around this whole thing. Then I've, with a little research, found out that she owned one of the houses that my dad rented and moved my mom and, mom and us kids into. So at the end of the day, he had 10 kids, six with each wife. And he tried to name us all the same. Didn't work. But. Wow. Well, that's a yeah. novel right there, even though it's, yeah. it's not fiction. I, it, but it's bizarre because actually people did that. They did it. Yeah. I mean, I have had some divorces where someone had a secret family. I don't think they had two secret families, though. Yeah. I, I think they were a little safe. They weren't, they weren't all 100% at the same time, but they were like they overlapping. Tried, like, they overlap. it's, it's weird. And, it, and it's really odd because he did try to name them all. And then everybody, we would tell people this, they're like, oh, your Mormon family. And we're like, no, no. Some of the kids are Mormon, but he was atheist. And yeah. so this is a really bizarre, it's, it's, it's unbelievably weird so I think like my grandmother her mom knew because they had a pet pet tortoise named after the other wife that she met and that's that no her name was oh don't no 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 you don't need to do that no come on no this was named and then I met that same lady yeah that the tortoise was named off after in the in in IHOP in Yuma Wow. So and I was see, like, that's kind oh. of like, so when you, when you talk about these things, they do really happen. And I think it's happening more and more and we're finding more and more things happened in secret from like the seventies mm-hmm. and the eighties got a little well, crazy. I think people yeah. are not, don't want things to be secret anymore. And you know, the whole like open adoption. I mean, most adoptions now, I, I mean, I don't know statistically, I could be wrong, but I, my guess is the majority of adoptions, not, not a minority even, are open, meaning that the, mm-hmm. you know, adoptive parents know People the person and there's some opportunity for contact between the adoptive child nice. and birth parent. And that, mm-hmm. would, you know, I mean, the whole huge. open up adoption record so that kids who, when they became adults, could try to find their adoptive parents. And like, that was a huge, like multi-state legislative effort. And mm. but the whole idea that it was had to be shrouded in secrecy. Like, I just think that culturally we're, we've moved beyond that. And, and, and people are accepting Good. of these different kinds of relationships. Like, yes, I've, you know, adopted you. You're my, you're my daughter, but you have a birth mom and she's going to come to your birthday parties. And, you know, like these are different forms of families and certainly same-sex marriage, I think helped push these different. Yeah. Yeah, I do. But I think, I think it's, I think this, well, that's good. I think the more like, I mean, we're trying to, everything's getting suppressed in so many things in so many ways in this country at the same time. It's kind of like this, we're having this pendulum going back and forth. Right. You know? right. Yeah. We are, we really are. It's like, oh, be, be open. And then no, shh, can't say this. 
you know, yes, so is. I think yes. we're in this really interesting place. How has it been for you as yeah. an as a I mean, I know you've been writing a long time and I'm I'm excited to read this because you know Nancy ruins it for me every time because she tells me oh, everything. Sorry. She's like, you've got well, we're on the road together. So she's always like, You're not gonna believe this. And I'm like, Okay, you <laughs> like it. If you if she likes otherwise, because she gets she's 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 picky. But so that's it's when she likes oh, someone's yeah. writing, it's a big deal. But um in in your career as a woman and also being married and you know going through your career and saying how things have changed what is that like as a as a married woman seeing things change and then when do you realize like it's not just a one-off case like this stuff is really going on it's it you have yeah. to read other things do like what you're doing with other articles and lawyers all yeah. going like dude this this went I mean I want to go to all your happy hours <laughs> all your lawyer <laughs> yeah. happy hours and it's listen fun office <laughs> I bet it's like holy cow did you see this but then you don't want to do that like because clients are doing I mean it it's it's private like stuff and I, I think well, that's you, you the hardest thing with right. divorce private. because it's yes. it's private but the, and it's hurtful the community knows like if you go to your best friend out of like solace or like hey man I just got a vent this is going on with me and next thing you know your best friend was sleeping with your husband or you don't know right you know what I mean mm -hmm. you know that stuff happens you know yeah. or you know you go to someone that you trust and then next thing you know it's out there so no matter what going through a divorce someone knows somewhere it's you, you're never really private if you tell anybody I mean if you tell your lawyer you, there's laws on that right but right. yeah it's like your doctor etc but I mean, if if your husband abuses you, and the cops pull up, the neighborhood knows, like oh, that's it, sure. and everybody's looking on Facebook the next day to see, did uh -huh. he get checked in? Did the did they do something? Right. Okay. You know, right. so that that's got to be mm -hmm. like a really, when people go through these things, a it's it's not it's, like you can just handle it yourself. It's like your community knows, right? Yeah. And I think sometimes that's a powerful like inhibitor for people to they're afraid of that you know they don't Good. want people feeling sorry for them or knowing what mm -hmm. happened or you know um but I also think it can be a source of support like mm -hmm. you know, if you're isolated and you don't have friends or a community yeah especially in like an abusive relationship where you might be very isolated because that's part of the abuse, abuse you're yeah. not allowed to have friends or you know, then it's really hard. So I think, I think people who are want to, you know, get out of a, ma a marriage for whatever reason, I, yeah, they're afraid of like community disapproval, but I think on balance, mm -hmm. having a community makes it a lot because you have, yeah. Cause you have support. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's really, it's incredible to me that like a number of the cases I've handled over the years of women who were, um, you know, uh, survivors of domestic violence didn't have anybody. They had mm, been so, yeah. well, maybe they had like, like they weren't allowed to see their sister, you know, mm -hmm. they were, they were, and that's a form of like torture. I mean, yep. mm -hmm. to keep somebody and, but it's effective because then where are you going to go? Like, who are you going to tell? Mm -hmm. and who's you know you're not it's just it's a way to control someone to isolate them and mm -hmm. not let them be free I had a friend who um uh -huh. she she was captive in her own home mm -hmm. from her husband and um she wasn't allowed she she didn't have a telephone 
she had people that you know like his family lived next door so you couldn't do she was like under constant Locked. watch surveillance yeah. yeah and wasn't allowed she wasn't allowed to just go to the store if you want to go to the store you go with my mom mm -hmm. you, and you know so the mother's dictating everything the son and the mother it's like a gang you know mm -hmm. what i mean and and yeah. i don't know how much the mother knew you know or just you know wanted to keep everything wrapped around her finger too it was just a very controlling relationship and eventually she literally ran away literally mm -hmm. took her kid and ran like hell and got out because that was it was the only way out like yeah. he really just kept her hostage and it happens in smaller towns than what people realize like small mm -hmm. communities mm -hmm. uh, rural communities you could be out yeah. on the farm in the middle of nowhere and you're screwed. i think it's more it's mm -hmm. easier to do that in a rural community i think I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. farther away from other people. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good. That's a next good book for you. Come on, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm getting good ideas here. I'm gonna I, I, take notes when this is over. Uh, yeah, and tortoises <laughs> with other women's names. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say this: they did kind of look like, like, in a weird sort of way. The tortoise, they're, oh, the tortoise, and and mm -mm. yeah, no, there no, was no. a lead. No, there was a um. Oh, how can I say, like a uh, a tortoise's eye, like the pupils right in the middle, like and it doesn't blink mm. so much. So it's just like wide open staring, and that really kind of reminded me of anyway. So it, I could see the resemblance in a really weird, messed up way. I could see. The way that's messed that's a mess i know okay i know yeah so when no, you met her you thought tortoise I'd, exactly and she did the same thing she sat in the eye oh my gosh that's horrible thing, and she went you're no, her aren't no. you right in front of everybody you're her aren't you and i was like yeah that's crazy but that stuff happens you know, know. So, are you gonna write more thing. are you gonna write more Nonfiction or fiction? I would like to write a novel because it awesome. was really fun, and now I have a better idea of how to do it. I think it, mm. I won't. It won't be as hard, but I think I mm. I, I have some ideas. Um, but I'm I haven't. I, I think I need to get through the launch of this one. Yeah, yeah, sure. Kind of calm down, um, mm -hmm. and then like restart. Like uh, you have yeah. to finish. Yeah, I, I have the to process. finish this one, and then I can concentrate on. I have like have like notes, you know, scribbled about some different ideas. I don't think I can. I don't want to do the, the same territory again. I feel like I yeah. did. Mm. I dealt with this territory in a nonfiction way. I dealt with it now in a novel, and I think I need to expand a little bit, be a little less. You know, okay, I know I can actually write these, write two books, which you know I had no faith that I could even do that. So now I want to try some material that's a little bit not so close to home that, you know, I yeah. want to, I want to stretch my like imagination yeah. a little bit. I'm yeah, really interested no. in um, momfluencers. Oh, like wow. Sort of rise of like these women on Instagram who become really, yep. you know, famous and then have to keep up these lives to feed yeah. their audience. <laughs> And especially the kind of 
adopting positions like, you know, anti-vaxxers to, to sort of bring in followers. Yeah. The, I mean, this is very vague, but that whole phenomenon is very interesting. It's crazy, actually. When, when you see what it, it's, this whole social media it's, game is, it's, it's really interesting and it's, and it's there for different ages. If you want to be all, you know, dressed up on, on that, on all of that. And I mean, what we do documenting parks and public lands across the country. I mean, we're never going to be all dressed up in foo-foo because it's just not the way the lifestyle rolls. (laughs) And, but yet you see people out there and we've, we've been stopped by a girl like in petrified national forest. So Mm. she could have her photo taken in front of a truck inside the forest. It's not a forest geology, right? It's, it's Mm. all these crazy and I'm looking at her going, excuse me, this is a national park. This is not a paid ad mm-hmm. spot. You could actually get in trouble for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But they put themselves in these ridiculous, and you see deaths happen mm-hmm. in national parks all the time about these influencers going out and look at me. Oops, I fell down into the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's, a lot I of them are actually connected to the, the, there's the influencers, there's all different types, but the mom influencers are in there too. And it's like, oh, I'm here with my perfect kids and my perfect family and my perfect RV. And yes, this is paid for ad content. And I'm looking, I, it's it's a yeah. very, and, and I see the whole culture. It's very interesting because it's, it's a lot very, of young women who are very successful at this. Yeah. And like, I know somebody personally who mm-hmm. became this you know a working class women woman didn't go to college was hair was a hair stylist oh yeah yeah this stuff selling essential oils became really good at it like you know how there's those mm-hmm. people that rise to the top mm-hmm. and then started an empire and her husband quit cool. her job and he works for her like she's she's That's the man cool, though. you know I don't mean the, I mean I don't mean the man as in yeah, man. yeah yeah she's, yeah she's the focus of everything and mm-hmm. so how do you keep that up you know like yeah. what's going on there I just I don't know I feel like what do you think you think there's a plot it's so it's a, oh there? yeah I think so because it's also celebrity right well, it's so always, it's the same it's, thing it's, it's like it's, what happens if they divorce but, yeah, he's well, gonna have to, to pay him too, yes but at the end of the day it's all about control mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know and that's you know to me this when you see all these like Actions of craziness. It's about control. Whether you're doing it with a picket sign, which is fine, that's legal. Freedom of speech, I agree with that. Yay. 100. We want that. Thousand percent. Yes. But if you're following it up with violence and unkindness and all these things that happen on the internet with, with, uh, Attack people taking yeah people attacking each other. Mm-hmm. Then you really need to go look at them. But mirror. it does actually you some really, of the really do. Some of the influencers go off like what you were talking about the anti vaxxers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They went off on some crazy, crazy yeah. tangents, and it's like it's everybody's like the, got their beliefs and whatever on all of that. But there's like absolute um, mobs. Like we were talking about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, right? Yeah. There were actual yeah. mobs social mm-hmm. media mobs on mm-hmm. either camp attacking each other and i'm going you don't know these people i mean you don't know i mean 
majority of you do not know Johnny Depp or Amber Heard. Maybe you've seen them, you know, walk their dogs illegally in Australia. But like, you know, you you don't know them, but you're fighting as this becomes this sensational. I have to watch my language here. But it's the stuff that people are doing. Living yeah. in this like world where it just seems turned inside out. Like you don't these people who you don't know become take on all this important. Well, that, like, that's why I'm thinking all of this is about mm-hmm. keeping up appearances, like a divorce yeah. in a small town or in mm-hmm. a city, but you know, you know, everybody has their networks, right? In business and school. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, the PTA. Holy cow. Oh, oh my God. That's like the worst. <laughs> Homeowner associations. Now I've got a, that's uh, my whole uh, new uh, thing. Oh boy. HOAs. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. That's a whole new thing about. Well, at least they don't tell you that. what you can't read. Like the, wor- yeah, I think right. the worst thing is now the school boards. Like, mm. oh, that's banning that, that, books. That, what? Like banning books? Are you banning kidding books? Me? Like what happened? Taking, his, taking chunks out of books, editing books mm. that are, that's why I'm saying it's so weird. That's like you're talking about all it's this like progression. It's like starting over. We're yeah, having starting this progression. Over. Same-sex marriage and same-sex marriages can end and do what it's they too want. Much. Well, it's too much for some. That's the thing. I, I feel like, oh. you know, I feel like it's we go forward and then there's a backlash. But it's like how it's like what happened after the Civil War, after Reconstruction, you know, and then all exactly. of the, you know, the Jim Crow laws and the, you know, yeah. all of the games that Black people in the freed slaves made, then... Like wiped out by all these laws because it, it was too much too fast for their racist, you know, culture. Well, yeah, you know, and how many it's people kind of like rush that. to get married just because do it while you can mm-hmm. before they take it away, which it could go away. I mean, women's reproductive rights are at this point. I mean, right. I, yes. Now, yeah, see, this is the thing. Now? You never yeah. know. Like you could you think everything's moving in this progression, and then it's like, well, no, we're going backwards. Isn't that how history goes? Like Wing, you wing. go forward, you go back, you forward. I mean, this whole emphasis on like drag queen story hour and, you know, trans kids. I feel like it's the the sort of- I want to go to drag queen right, story hour. Right, losing control over, you know, like like feeling like the, something's being taken away from them and they've got to like stop it. But I don't think but you can stop it. Like, listen, they, I they have drag, they have why drag they brunches in, in Palm Springs. You go to brunch yeah. and watch a drag show for brunch. Seriously, I want to go. Like we have, drag in Philadelphia. we have drag queen story hour in the libraries. That's so but cool. I don't understand why the people who, cares? who are, why do they care even? What's it I don't to know. do with them? But, but that's, they don't that's, have to go. They don't have to see. I love that you are, I love that you're doing law and then writing mm. because it. It, it is all human nature. It's this, it's, yeah. We have to go to extreme, right? And and divorce gets extreme or not. And, and it is interesting. So it's going to be, I think the next 20 years mm-hmm. of law is going to be interesting of what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. because I think there's going to be divorces over political beliefs. There's going to be divorces oh. over abortion they, rights they, and women's pr- reproductive yeah. rights. I mm-hmm. think we're going to see divorce change. But I think also there's, you know, just one story before we go, our friends got married as soon as they could legally get married, they got married and they'd been married for 38 years. Um, Michael and Spider, they were um, musicians. And so one goes off, they moved from LA where they had, they were a glam punk rock band, really good. And then they were getting death threats for being openly gay and all of this stuff. Somebody killed their cat. 
Yeah, hung it and then put it on a noose around its neck, put it in a shoebox and left the like, front door. I mean, so eventually they moved to Tucson. What does that? Totally. So they moved to Tucson. Spider goes and works. He's an, um, an airplane and jet mechanic and hmm. he's traveled all over doing stuff, doing this for the military, uh, military contract work. And um, anyway, so Michael was still working on their music and doing the production and the all that side. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's there's he's he's not not sitting there and not doing anything. You know what I mean? He was doing stuff. He was working. But yeah. they were together for over 38 years. Mm-hmm. Same-sex marriage just became legal when Spider now had, he was dying Lung of cancer. cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, liver cancer. And, and so they get married. Spider dies. And they deny mm-hmm. Michael benefits because yeah. they weren't married for six months. But they'd been Before together and they have every record. And so they they it ended up in Supreme Court and they it took years, but just last year he won. It he took won. years. And it was mm-hmm. it had to be a class action with a whole bunch of other people that yeah. And then when we had certain other people in power, I, I say that loosely, um, then that didn't work. And so they pulled back and then now with the new administration they went forward and they won um that they could get it because that is insane because people have been together for right. years and this country didn't want to recognize that part. And then, you know, it's not like right. they just got married for social security reasons. That's right. Right. You know, so yeah. that was, um, it, we've got a lot of change and we have a lot of change to still be made and, and we cover bills all the time, like, um, environmental and stuff. And you think you've won, and then five years later, you have to start all over again. And so I think that's mm-hmm. something our country has to learn. And I think writing books, like doing a novel, I think you're giving people the breathing space to think things through. Even in the marriage that they're in mm-hmm. now, you're giving people a way to to internalize a story that probably very much touches them, and, and they can find themselves in it and breathe. And it's personal that their spouse can't tell you what to to think about it right it's your own reading so i think it's it's cool what you're doing as a as an attorney writing the fiction side i think fiction helps people make decisions i agree i agree yeah sometimes there's more like this is going to sound like a terrible cliche but like more truth in fiction like yeah you could find meaning that is very authentic meaning through reading a novel all the time i mean you know mm-hmm. like i mean you know yeah yeah i i think you yeah i i'm a yeah. i mean i'm a big reader so like to me yeah I definitely the power of fiction is i don't read a lot of nonfiction. i i try but i i don't i i'm really drawn to mm-hmm. fiction and i have so many books that have meant so much to me so actually writing a novel you know was I just felt like this was like an honorable, like an important thing to do. Like to, I just think novels are important. Like I, you know, I, I agree. I, are. So I was happy to you know, it's like, finish one. <laughs> nonfiction is where you go to find a fact, like looking up a, a word in the dictionary, you go to find the fact. Okay. That's all you get. You get fact. Well, except you can get and some then, great mean. I mean, if you read like, you know, Barbara Tuckman or like, you know, mm-hmm. there's like writers about history who are like fabulous mm-hmm. writers. You 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 get not just a fact, but you get a sense of 
mm. people's lives at another time. I do think like pe- people who are great, like biographers and, but oh, I, mean, I, know which, I mean, I know yeah. what you mean. They're constrained. They're yes. They can, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and then when you go to fiction, like I love historic fiction. I, I mm. love, I really love that because it brings history alive. It's based on fact, but the characters are who the author thought up. Oh, they probably would have done this at this time. And most historic authors have really done their homework and do a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They've done I admire homework. people who write historic fiction. I don't know how you do those things. I like mean, because you really so have to geek out. Flex. You have to know what was invented when. You have to know. When, like, yeah. yeah. Remember the I chart remember- of the world? Years ago, when we first started, I mean, about it was the beginning of the show, 16 years ago, 15, 16 years ago, an author coming on the show. And she was one of the first authors that included Facebook being part of the writing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook had only started kind of around yeah. that time. And at that time, it was do you write about Facebook? Do you include that in there? Because mm-hmm. is it going to be, is it Who a mainstay is it? or is it, was yeah. it a MySpace? You know, was, is it you know be what I mean? It's so dated that, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like cell phones or smartphone, Blackberries. Now, if you read a Blackberry, you go, right. oh, I know what era that was, you know? So it's kind of yeah. interesting yes. about writing novels like contemporary. Because yeah, it's I like, think really move it. Not have too many references like that that could really easily become dated. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. I, I already changed in the, at the very end of this book during like proofreading stage, I changed a reference to a social media. The little girl was using um, Snapchat. And yeah, it's, uh, it's about- And I changed that, yeah. it to TikTok. I think yeah. because I'm like, you know, it's going to sound dated already, but I tried mm-hmm. to not use a lot of references like that. I. I did, I did make a decision. I'm sure this is something interesting. You probably, you know, have asked other authors about um, how they handle the pandemic, but mm-hmm. I felt like it's supposed to be contemporary when you read it, it's supposed to be happening now. And so I felt like I needed to reference the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've all been through a war, like you can't, it's yeah. so, mm-hmm. it's so, so, but I didn't want to you know, it was definitely a post, it's, I didn't want to set it during the pandemic because I was writing it like, before, I wrote it before the pandemic, like yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I put in, I added some references, just very few to like, during the pandemic, this happened or, you know, just to place it in time. So it wouldn't seem too yeah. right. you know, floaty, but yeah, I think those well, references yeah. are very tricky because when you read a book that has a lot of ones that are very contemporary, you think, wow, this is cool. But when you read it five years later, then it seems dated. So I think it's risky to use. But eventually it'll become part of history. You know what I mean? It's kind of interesting. Yes. You know so how that is, is, you know? The pandemic is so new. I don't know what they're going to call it five years or 10 yeah, years Yeah, you know, now. and I wonder they'll right. say, oh, what are they going to call whatever. it? You know, ask one of the anti-vaxxer mothers. No, but it's like the pandemic now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which it's going to be which one? No, Um, which one maybe? Or is it going to be the pandemic? Or are they going to change the name of it? Like, but I wonder how many divorces are coming from. Like a lot of yeah, COVID nineteen, COVID nineteen pandemic. Well, I I wonder how many people are ending up getting divorced afterwards. 
that seems to see like you see a lot of people like oh that's it we're done we had to stay in the house together for two years we're I done was, yes there was some of that oh yes and, and I'm, I hope people just go take a break from each other before they make those decisions because it was kind of extraordinary and suddenly you know you have to be with your kids and spouse like 24 yes. 7 and um so that's been hectic on people and then some people are like oh my god this is great you know and then yeah. for others yeah. Wasn't so great, you know. Like I know all my musician friends are like, "Get me the hell out." <laughs> I think what for else? most people it wasn't so. I think the ability to work the the legacy of this is is the ability to work remotely and having mm -hmm. like a the revolution is going to revolutionize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for it's sure. good. But well, we used having to, to work you know, remotely twenty four seven and having your kids in remote school, everybody mm -hmm. hated that. Nobody liked having their kids in remote school. I, don't, I mean, I don't know anybody. And I think the wine and liquor companies mm. enjoyed every part of it. <laughs> they were like, yes. I'm cashing in on this. Mama's drinking right. more wine tonight. That's right. it. Yeah. You're going to make the mothers and fathers like do, um, do trigonometry. Like, dude, <laughs> no one's doing trigonometry without a glass of wine first. That's not happening. <laughs> but Why Margaret, even bother? I, I don't know. Oh, man, that's a whole other. Yeah. But Margaret, thank you so much for joining us. It's yeah, it has been a pleasure. Thanks, it's such a cool it conversation fun. about everything. Uh, everyone again, uh, every other weekend by Margaret Claw comes out May 23rd and you're listening to it earlier so you can go and get it. You can pre-order it on Amazon, all those places, but it's I encourage good. you to go to Margaret's it's website. It's Margaret Claw, that's K-L-A-W, margaretclaw.com. Of course, keep up with our friends at Books Forward at booksforward.com. And we are here every day on Big Blend Radio. So keep up with our shows at bigblendradio.com. Thanks so much, Margaret. Thank Thanks, you. Margaret. I really enjoyed it. That's fun. Take care. <laughs>